welcome to another episode of RPG Hour. I'm Mr. RPG Hour. I'm Mrs. RPG Hour. I'm Jonathan Andrews. Hi. We're talking about non-player characters or storyteller player characters, if you read Vampire the Masquerade 5, and <laughs> specifically their role in a campaign. So, that's what we're talking about. First of all, what is the purpose of an NPC in a campaign from a meta standpoint? I'd say personally for me, an NPC is there to help guide the players, help interact with the players, and help fumble the players. (laughs) Um, They're basically not just the other people in the world, but they're the characters that didn't get made. Hmm. that are there to interact with the players to help them with the world. Um, And that's honestly how I see them. I don't just see them as some random thing of numbers and stats and all that. I see them as the characters that never got made for Hmm. the party, whether they're the antithesis of the party or not, because let's be honest, there's a lot of really cool media out there where one of the players ends up turning into the dark necromancers, you know, (laughs) either the dark necromancer themselves or the dark necromancer's apprentice, and they were there the whole time. And... um, I've always loved that. You don't get that a whole lot in some campaigns and groups because sure. it's hard to try and push some of that because of how uh, it can be. Well, and usually uh, in a situation like that, it takes a lot of character development to get to the NPC to a believable point where they can flip on you like that. Yeah. And I think, though, in all honesty, doing it with an NPC versus doing it with a player... Um, you can tailor certain situations where there's stuff going on in the background that the player doesn't have to try and hide. Mm -hmm. And not all players can handle that, you know. Oh, sweating, sweating. (laughs) I'm going to reveal it. Um, Right. That's my view on NPCs. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, they're there to, you know, they are either the hook to get the characters rolling on an adventure. They are, you know... They're the they're kind of the guiding force. They're they're the GM in the game. They're they're there to help push the players in one direction or another, whether that be the right direction or the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And they're also there, I think, to flavor the world. Yeah. Because without NPCs, if you just have without NPC interactions, if you just have oh well, you talked to so and so back at this place over here, and now you're here because of the information he told you. They didn't really interact with the NPC any; they just heard about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it can get the ball rolling just as well, but you don't have that immersion where the players themselves got the information themselves, met this person built a rapport with this person and maybe can go back to them later for assistance if they need to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, NPCs are pretty cool. <laughs> I, I like when you said uh, they uh, flavor your, what is it, your, the, the player's they, perception of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, specifically in tabletop role-playing, basically what the, what, what the players see of the world is what how they interact with the NPCs. Yeah. You're not spend, spending a lot of time describing settings to them. You spend a little bit of time, but most of their inter- interaction with the world is through the NPCs. They talk to somebody and they find out that this place is important because the NPC said it's important, not because they read a long newspaper. Right. 
because that's not what you do in tabletop NPCs. <laughs> Unless you have World Anvil. Oh, that's true, <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, you can, like, plop down a little thing on a map and be like, this is where so-and-so was born. I mean, like, <laughs> really cool important. feature. But, yeah, no, I mean, unless you've got something cool like World Anvil, that's the only way they're going to get it. But even then, you have to differentiate, you know, player knowledge knowledge versus character knowledge. How would the character know this information? And it's through an NPC that they learn this information, whether the player already knows it or not. True. And it helps. I think they, NPCs help people differentiate between the two. Because it's like, well, your character doesn't know that yet because they haven't talked to, you know, anybody <laughs> that would possibly know that yet. <laughs> it like, reminds me of the old RPGs on computers where you had to talk to somebody to flip the flag and then you could go do this. <laughs> right. You had to trigger the event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, like in our actual play game. Right. Um Actually, I lost my train of thought. Oh, well, we've got that, that one guy in the Merchants Guild that is our sort of our main contact, and Philip. I don't remember what his name is. No, it's Philip. Oh, is it? You guys, you, I don't your remember. character has the ironically, the <laughs> merchant character in the group has the least amount of contact with the Merchant Guild. Uh, <laughs> because most of my contacts are criminal contacts. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember what I was going to say. Um, in, in that world, uh, everybody's pretty much on um, the West Coast. Hmm. Her character is the only character that sort of came from the East Coast side. And there's like all this stuff out there that um, has kind of come up in conversations. And yeah. everybody's like... Okay, cool. Like, oh, it's and like then, really, you don't have any desire to learn more about this. All right, cool. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> a temporary job was offered for them to go do something, and they're like, "No, we have to leave the city for that long, and then have to try and get back, and that's a lot of food." Oh my gosh! So, I mean, but they didn't. They didn't. The wealth of knowledge of what could potentially be out there, because they didn't talk to the right NPCs, they had no clue about. They only got this little bit, but they didn't also push the NPCs, <laughs> so they kind of missed a whole huge heaping of uh, runes that are untouched. And... I mean, what a... ruins. Anyway. Ruins. I like the idea, too, also, that if you've got an interesting NPC that you find that, the char- that your players keep interacting with... Mm-hmm. It's almost the GM's opportunity to not be a GM anymore. <laughs> they get to be a player for a minute, mm-hmm. which is good because sometimes you need a break and let them kind of take the lead in, you know, this pre-constructed scenario that you've already made. Let them take the lead through it a little bit, but the NPC is now your character that you're kind of like over here, guys. Over here. <laughs> Gandalf. No? Okay. Yes. Gandalf. <laughs> Why didn't Gandalf just magic them to the end? Because he's the Game Master's NPC. <laughs> he's the Game Master's character. <laughs> Why do you think he's so powerful? But also, there are some podcasts that are, is a Game Master and two players, and the Game Master has a character that interacts with the world with them, mm-hmm. and you get a lot from that NPC, but they're basically a player character at that point, too. Mm-hmm. But it's to help fill out, and sometimes a good NPC is there to also help fill a void in a party that they need something they didn't realize they needed when they created characters. Yeah, I'm all about you don't need to balance a party. I really don't oh, yeah. care There's about that. There's other ways to, to pick up the slack wherever you have it. Exactly, and on occasion it's hiring an NPC to help 
nobody's a rogue in the party, hire a rogue. You don't right. need to grab another player or anything like that. Or just have the barbarian bash everything. <laughs> <laughs> party full of wizards? Make a golem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or what's that? Uh, wizard's transformation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, actually, the castle keeper uh, from Castles and Crusades, the castle keeper guy says, had a point. It said, um, when you create an NPC specifically to fill a role in a party, like if you have a party full of wizards and you create a mage or, or create a warrior, um, try to have him be deficient in other areas. So although he may be upstaging the players in physical combat because they can't cover that role, uh, he, he relies on them for something else so that he's not all of a sudden the star of the, pl- the, 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 the plot the yeah. plot because he is taking out all the bad guys single-handedly. <laughs> Why right. your wizards fail it's to get like, their spells off. <laughs> right, he's he's the muscle, right? But he's probably not the brains. Exactly. We had a um, NPC that I created that was actually the same class and same level as another player character in a campaign that we were having. They went just a slightly different route. He dealt a little more damage, he was able to do a little bit more, and all he would do is, from the shadows, from very minor interaction with the players... Mm-hmm come in when was needed and then disappear again. <laughs> Essentially, where'd that arrow come from? <laughs> oh. Oh well. Deus <laughs> Ex Machina! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Essentially, well, I mean, that's what NPCs are. Mm-hmm. So... The entire point of what he was made originally to do and what he was doing was to make was... sure that the players didn't die. Exactly, <laughs> because it was it was a really weird party and it was really uh, just one of those things where is it is this the game that I played in? One of them. That's the D and D five e campaign that kind of just stopped. Yeah, yeah. We had we had a bunch just to you know we had a bunch of DPS that was mildly successful at best dps a damage per second it's a it's an yeah. it's an mmorpg it always cracks me up when people use that for deep, tabletop playing games. right well i mean it helps kind of it, because of mmorpgs having like these very specific type <laughs> character types that you can play like you have your healer you have your dps which is like the support characters and then you have your your tanks, which are like the warriors and stuff. If you all, if you're nothing but DPS, that's only mildly successful at best. You kind of need someone to step in on occasion to make sure you don't die. Yeah, and that was that was the whole point of what he was. Um, it's a babysitter, <laughs> just to make sure uh, from the shadows, because I had a druid planned, and I made the druid, and then I realized the druid would steal the show in some ways just because of the way the campaign was going. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. So I pulled out a, a... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He wasn't the same level as the party he was higher. Just slightly. But that um, was because of a miscalculation on your part. No, that wasn't a miscalculation. No, 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 no. I mean, our level versus what level we should have been for the part of the adventure we were in. Oh, yes. That miscalculation. Mm. That However, was a pretty good... Pretty good miscalculation. We were doing pretty all right for for that for being as disadvantaged as we were. Yes, uh, but no, his his level wasn't actually based on that either. His level was higher simply because uh, I wanted to make sure that he could step in and do what he needed to do without. It's because that cool spell was that level. <laughs> no, um, 
it was because I needed to be able to get the bonuses for the ranger. Like when I created, that's the other thing about NPCs for me. I don't just let the NPC get away with doing anything unless it's absolutely story needed. They're still going to roll dice. They're still going to do things based on the rules. You know, I'm not going to give a ranger NPC a 2d20 bow just to be able to help out the party. He's still going to have to go through the regular, or they're going to still have to go through the regular levels. It's like Final Fantasy cutscenes where they're introducing a new character that you eventually add to your party. It's like, (laughs) they do this amazing thing and save the day, and you're like, awesome, I'm going to have this character and it's going to be great. And then they're in your party and they're like, where's that spell? (laughs) No, the player, main characters in Final Fantasy do that too. They pull the moon down, it lands on the bad guy, and and it does ten points of damage. (laughs) (laughs) And then magically goes back up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, that, that always drove me nuts. Um, but mainly, I don't... The only roles that I do or the only things that I do behind the screen that are just completely, you know, in antithesis of what the rules intended were... Or not necessarily what the rules intended, but um, I do a lot of random encounter roles. I do a lot of random treasure roles. I do a lot of these things are just completely random because... I just, I want that randomness in there. Um, But, I mean, I don't really do a whole lot of, they come in, they swoop, they save the day, they walk away, and they did something that they can't do because if the players get to talk to that NPC, I want them to see that you could create a character that does that someday. And that's, like, if I have a higher level NPC, if I have an NPC that has a lot more points in their stuff, I want them to get the idea of you can accomplish this in the system. That way, if a player is getting... Well, my character can't do a whole lot. I, I don't it's like. It's like well, you're not the you're not there yet. Yeah. Like anything, you have to work at it. You yeah. have to develop yourself <laughs> into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also helps if it makes the NPCs believable. Because mm-hmm. if they can do something totally outrageous, that they're not really believable at that point. True. But that's what happened with me in a storyteller game. Actually, mm. um, I. In kept interacting with um, this NPC uh, for uh, old rule, old world of darkness, vampire the masquerade. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the same generation as I was. They'd never diablerized any vampires, mm-hmm. yet they had five or six abilities that had absolutely like only two of them were from their clan. And it made no sense for them to have those. And basically this NPC was just there to come in and be the game master who was a the storyteller who was an absolute power gamer. Mm. Like this is just what he did. And there wasn't rules to back up so why it was he his, did it. It was, it, it was his ability, it, it was his uh, opportunity to be like this big powerful entity when other game masters would not let them let him do that in their games yes kind of sort of yeah um and he uh i mean he had a lot of characters that were just like that in the world mm-hmm. um and we usually paid camarilla campaigns with him yeah um and i mean i don't i didn't care either one way or another but a lot of the npcs in that world just didn't really work with the system hmm. and that bugged me like yeah. i can understand doing some slight shifts in the rules to make a cool character work NPC or not, like PC or NPC. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've, even after I diablerized things, I didn't have as many cool abilities as what this dude did. Right. 
Um, um, in fifth edition, they divorced blood potency from generation. So now Ooh. you can raise your blood potency without diabolizing. Yeah, I was I was reading about that. Um, I was reading about that. I really like that. But they uh, there's still a lot you can get from diabolization that yeah. you can't get in other ways. So I'm, I'm still excited. And about you're that. capped in your potency by your generation. Yeah, but you don't have to diabolize to get the second dot in blood potency or the third dot. So I'm excited about that. I can't wait to play that edition. Um, huh. I know. <laughs> I never liked Diablerizing. It always just made me feel icky. I, I I played a lot of Asimites. I played a lot of Black well, Hand. And well, so we Diablerized specifically to keep things in line. I think also it's like, a little different whenever you're playing like in a tabletop setting where everyone's just sitting around a table and then it's a little bit different when you're playing it as a LARP. Oh, yeah. Because, Ooh, true. Because then you're Diablerizing this person and they're looking at you like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have bendy straw. <laughs> that way my mouth doesn't actually have to touch you. Or really be that close to you. <laughs> I, I will say this also. One of the NPC things that I really liked about Storyteller is that um, Storyteller also had their live action there are their LARP rules that you could go pick up mm-hmm. and you honestly felt like you could take NPCs between both games and very easily convert them back and forth and yeah NPCs and LARPs are really fun mm. and it's actually fun to be an NPC oh really oh yeah it's super fun to be an NPC see that's that's another thing <laughs> that I think I think tabletop role-playing games that don't take a look at LARPs in a sense of looking at how the NPCs are in a LARP um, there are some systems out there, and off the top of my head, I can't think of one, but there are some systems that have a separate set of rules for creating NPCs. Yeah. And that always kind of bugs me, because <laughs> if I can create an NPC at less than what I create a player character at, how come that NPC rules can't be used to create a player character? Okay, what's the point of an NPC? To help the players. What's the point of a PC? To be the players. No. Okay. Well, now, what's the point of a character creation system for a PC? For you to be able to create the character. But the end goal. Essentially, you're creating a hero. Yeah. But you're creating a hero who is balanced against other first-level heroes or other starting heroes. That's the whole purpose of a a character creation system. Otherwise, everybody would just assign stats. But for an NPC, what's the purpose of building an NPC? It is not to make a a balanced first-level character against all other first-level characters. True. It's to make someone who will challenge the carrot players or help them along or save their asses when they get in trouble. <laughs> so True. You don't need the character creation system for NPCs to be the same. For one thing, it takes a lot longer to create a PC using the PC character system than it should to create an NPC using an NPC system. Because they have to do things like dice rolls and spending points and stuff like that. You don't need that with NPCs. You know what this character's strength should be. You know what his constitution should be. You know what his intelligence should be. If you're familiar with the game. So, you have all these stats, and you know what they're going to be. Because you know who the NPC is. Yeah, my end reason for not enjoying systems that are separate, though, is because as a game master, you're not necessarily ever going to be a player. And if you have to use a separate system to create your NPCs... It removes you even more from being it remo- a player. But, I mean, Who you, says you have to use it, though? 
No, I know. But I mean, okay, let me rephrase. If there's a system there for it, and that's what you're getting used to, and a player needs help during character creation, you're not familiar with it. Well, you shouldn't be... um... You shouldn't be not using the character creation system if you're not familiar enough with the with the system to create a character. True. Because that means that you're out of touch with the stats and with the numbers, and everything's not going to work right. Yeah, but there's nothing like building a broken character because you didn't know what you were doing, and then going later. But that's yeah. part of that's part of why I, think I don't. We've all had GMs like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but that's well, why that I don't was like. Totally my fault. <laughs> I'm just not being familiar, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna do this thing. It'll be great. I'm sorry, what are you saying? <laughs> That's why I don't like there being two different systems is because if you've got a new game master to it and they don't have anybody to guide them and go over things like that with them, they're learning that this is where the game master creates the NPCs and this is where the players create the PCs. And I think that... I think that without the system speci- or the game book specifically saying it, I'm gonna, it's going to drive me nuts because I completely... I had this game written down and now I can't remember what it is but um, there is a game specifically that's like that that has a separate system and I just feel like I can feel that players would or game masters no game masters would get hung up in that it depends on whether the system's good or not Spycraft has a separate system for creating NPCs NPCs never have the same stats as PCs do in Spycraft because they're entirely scalable they use basically tags or feats and they are designed to um, oppose the players, and that's all they're designed to do. Now, the GM is going to interact with the NPCs however they feel like it, but that doesn't depend on stats, right? Right. So, in, in Spycraft, your NPC basically has levels in everything, and you assign them similarly to the way player PCs assign their stats, but his... Uh, Combat skill, his combat rating is like this, and his uh, uh, espionage rating is like this, his health rating is like this, and he doesn't have any, any strength, con, or dex stats, because those aren't important to him. He just has these ratings that tell you how good he is in these areas. Now, what the NPC does with them is entirely up to you as the control game master, but he, you don't need stats to tell you that the NPC is going to shoot the players. You just need the stats to tell you how much damage it's going to do. True. So quick off-topic, back to a point I made earlier. I want to make it clear, I'm not talking about systems that have like a separate character creation point value for an NPC versus a PC. I'm talking about where there's a whole separate section in the book for creating NPCs, like what Spycraft does, which I completely forgot Spycraft does mm-hmm. that. Um, <laughs> And that, that's kind of what I'm talking about because I look at this from a point of view of I barely was about a month or two in game and the gaming group I was in full of game masters decided that nobody wanted to run the next campaign. I was going to be the person that did it. I had almost no real experience in the thing and I got tossed in doing it. And if I hadn't sat down and created the 20 player characters using the regular system versus what that system offered for NPCs, I don't feel like I would have the same understanding that I had gotten at the end of that. I completely um, agree with you. Yeah. And uh, and so I feel like that's one of those things. Um, but back to Spycraft, um, <laughs> it does honestly do it decently. Um, I, I kind of liked how that worked. Um, I felt at times, though, 
Spycraft was a weirdly crunchy for me. It is. And I, <laughs> I can do it as a player, I can't do it as a game master. Well, honestly, playing NPCs in Spycraft can get really boring. Especially if you're throwing droves of mindless bad guys at the players, which you do in a Spycraft campaign, right? Well, I mean, it's, you've, you've got minions that you've got to exactly. throw at them. But, but it's, it's, Spycraft is a little different in the way they handle it. It's basically... Um, the, the way that I like to think about it is just putting uh, bots mode on on a video game, <laughs> and it's endless bots heading towards the players. Perfect dark N64 meat, meat bots. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's really what playing it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a lot of fun to play. It's a very interesting take on spies. It's a very interesting take on espionage, not just spies. But, like, uh, black ops groups and things like that. Like, it's a very interesting take on it. Um, I have definitely have enjoyed myself some Spycraft before. But, like I said, it's one of those games I cannot run it. I, 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 I cannot do it. Like, um, part of it is the fact that the NPCs just... Because the other take on it, though, is also if you just go for big-name NPCs in that game, it gets boring as well. Like, you cannot just have all the cool Bond villains running around facing off against Bond. You need the endless drove of minions, which can get taxing as well, so... Yeah, well, that's what it's designed for, is endless, them facing endless droves of villains, and then the Mastermind. Yes. And it can be a lot of fun, but at the same time... <laughs> I, I'd still say, while Spymaster is definitely a system that I would definitely look at again if I was going to run Spies, I definitely have stuff that's going to... Or Wait, did I say Spymaster? You did. Okay. Yeah. Spycraft is one of those games that I would definitely put on my list. Um, at the slip of the tongue for Spymaster, Spymaster's at the top of my list. Which you were not here for that game. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh my god, it was so much Sounds fun. Sounds like I missed something. <laughs> oh, Oh, it was amazing. Um, we what? next time we're gonna T have it, we're definitely gonna have to have you there. Is that the term TPK? Total party kill, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, it, the next it was the option to not have that happen, but I decided <laughs> I'm not getting out. No one's getting out. I will also say this about the next time that we're gonna play it. Um, we realize that it lends itself to a certain type of video game play. Oh. Yeah. And so we're going to be the way that I'm gonna run it is it's going to be a mix of the battle royale, uh, anime, manga, uh. book, uh, live action show. <laughs> yes. With the battle royale style of video games, oh. like Fortnite, yeah, and PUBG, and, and all um, that. It's it's gonna be awesome. I'm writing up a module, and um, depending on how many people show up, we're either gonna have one team at the table or two teams at the table. Uh. And you're trying to fight <laughs> to be that last team. That's funny. But it lends itself very... Legends. But, you know, yeah. then also, getting back to NPCs, mm -hmm. it would be boring if it was just, like, red versus blue, right? So I'm sure there's going to be other colored, or, like, other teams out mm -hmm. there as well that we'll have to, you oh, know, yeah. figure out. And, but that adds to the challenge mm -hmm. of survival. That's also <laughs> another system that I really like, um, that NPCs actually have their own set of rules for. And it's one paragraph blurb, and it makes the whole difference. Um, so go check out our Spymaster episode. Depending on where this is. Yeah. Um, go check out the Spymaster episode and uh, take a look at it and really, really, really try and listen to how what happens with the NPC specifically. But um, right quick, what's going on is um, if they're not a named villain, basically mm -hmm. like the big bad boss... Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's a card game. You use uh, cards oh. and you play 21. 
to do it. If they're not... So you're gambling while you're playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you've got a set of base cards, four cards that define your four stats. Yeah. So you only flip over one card to try and... Oh. If they're not a named NPC, that's all you do is flip over one card, and huh. that's their total. Oh, yeah. No matter what happens, that's the, that's the little minion's totals. Huh. If they're a named villain, you can flip over and keep <laughs> twisting and keep going and huh. things like that. Um, but that's kind of the... It was cool. The, the the interesting thing for NPCs that I saw mm-hmm. was you get this you get this defined difference between the big bads and the little bads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't know very many systems that really kind of have that direct in the mechanics Savage difference. Worlds. With the with the what do they call them? Wild cards. Um, the characters that have the logo next to them. <laughs> yeah. Aces. What you said earlier about your experience being thrown into the uh, GMing, the campaign. Um, See, my experience evolves from, and I probably told you the story, um, I was doing a uh, 4E campaign, 4th edition D&D, and I had planned a, a, what do you call it, a the champions fight each other. Um, like, a gladiator, like a gladiator game type yeah, thing? Uh, Coliseum. Arena battle? Yes. I planned a series of arena battles. And so I made up char- NPCs, characters for them. And I rolled out from behind the GM screen all night. And all night, I rolled one, two, three, four, and five. <gasps> on a d20. For like... <laughs> five battles straight it was just insane <laughs> every roll i made was not above five and by the end of that the player was like wow that was easy i just won <laughs> she was like yeah okay i'm the winner and i'm like that was the worst battle ever <laughs> right there Literally, i decided like, you know that was completely pointless <laughs> <laughs> you're like this was supposed to be epic that was a bad session <laughs> what the hell <laughs> the player may have had fun but it was a bad session objectively so uh for one thing i never rolled outside of the gm screen again <laughs> because that's just wrong <laughs> because sometimes i hit 20s out of that often too <laughs> and i don't necessarily want to kill the players just because i'm having a good night <laughs> right <laughs> What's that look for? I was waiting for her to look at me, actually. <laughs> no, he does this thing where he's like, GM screen is up, right? And he's got his die and he rolls. <laughs> and he does this just evil look from over the screen. And he just looks at you and you're like, well, my character's dead. Great. Thanks. I'm glad I brought my buck. <laughs> for those of you not familiar, uh, Buck is backup character. Uh, we're eventually going to do an episode just talking about Bucks, um, but it's an old school idea where you have a character just in case your character dies. <laughs> yeah, I have a comment that I need to keep it for the episode because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, NPCs are not designed to be player characters, Mm-mm. and you shouldn't design NPCs the same way you design player characters, Mm-mm. in my opinion. No, and that's where not, I'm coming from. They're not. They're not ever going to be a player character unless you have an. You're running an NPC with the intention of, after a couple of sessions, this other person's going to join. We don't want 
to try to awkwardly introduce another character. We need to have someone that's been with the party the whole time. Here's your character. That's true. That's like the only time I would see an NPC being built like a player character. So I come from the opposite end of things. Um, <laughs> As only... usual. <laughs> it has to do with my time with Call of Cthulhu. I've spent a lot of years with Call of Cthulhu, even before I met you, mm-hmm. Jonathan. Um, uh, especially before I met you, babe. Um, and uh, in Call of Cthulhu, a lot of the NPCs are fully fleshed out characters so that if your character dies and you like an NPC, you can pick it up and run with that. And so for me, I've always done that for every game that I run because if your character dies and there's an NPC that you like that's nearby, you can take over that character permanently or temporarily. And so I've always felt like they have to be fully fleshed out player character equivalent. Not necessarily the same level the players are, but player character equivalent so Uh, that... Okay, in what systems besides Call of Cthulhu have you ever had that happen? Actually, a lot. <laughs> really? That's um, surprising. But I, my specialty, my go-to way of running and playing, which he I haven't done in the one shots. What? He said he likes killing characters. No, I don't like killing characters. <laughs> I will. Special spice. It's killing everybody. <laughs> no. yes. I. I will let players kill themselves. Basically, it, if they're gonna make dumb actions, I'm oh, not. Oh, it gonna... had nothing to do with that tentacle monster. <laughs> I swear. That's only in Call of Cthulhu. Oh right. Um, dumb actions have dumb consequences. I, I'm a firm believer of that. I'm honestly a firm believer. If you do something dumb, well, sure, that's gonna happen. Well, yeah, um, but I mean, at that point, your player should come prepared with the backup character, with the understanding they of should they will be brought in when at the most convenient point to interject a new person. Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, that's your running style. You want to have the NPCs able to be picked up, but most people, that's just a lot of work that you don't necessarily have to do for an NPC. Your players should come prepared that their character may die. I run horror, which is what I was getting at. Like my, (laughs) my specialty is thriller, suspense and horror. And so there are things that you're going to do that if your character makes that really bad decision, and also, in all honesty, sometimes when I run horror and stuff like that, PCs are going to sacrifice themselves, because sometimes that's how you get out of a situation that somebody has to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mrs. RPGR has a shit-eating grin on her face right now. That just reminds me of this time I played Dread. It was great. <laughs> um, I wasn't running it. That was actually my first time playing. It was fantastic. <laughs> But no, I, I always come at a game in kind of that suspense, thriller, horror aspect. Our one-shots are completely not that way so far. <laughs> but that's because I don't want it to be a TPK every single one-shot. That would get old. Um, it, w- it would. Although I really enjoyed the cliffhanger. Yeah, the, the... I was thinking it would be awesome. Is if you guys decide that y'all want to do a mini campaign where we do mm-hmm. a couple more recordings of that one, yeah. I'm down for it. Let's do this. Here's I really the characters. Like the, I really like the cliffhanger, though, and I really think it would lend well, especially with how we were playing as characters. It would lend super well to just everybody back at base, like, man, that was really close. I honestly wasn't sure... <laughs> just... I wasn't sure how the live... Act, or how... Sorry. I wasn't sure how everybody was going to play with Honor because uh, the last time that we had a lot of those players at the table, it was so goofy. It was constantly getting derailed. And then, like, there was a lot of derailment. (laughs) It was all in-game derailment. (laughs) 
the most part. <laughs> but I feel, let's be honest, like that's almost just two hours worth of stuff, and we have almost three and a half hours out of today. Yeah. Now, once it's edited down, that's going to shorten, but that's, I mean, that's the time difference of like gameplay like we had, yeah. and I feel that like... That's definitely something we could carry on, because that was a lot of fun. I just thought it was funny fun. that I had mentioned taking your sister home like five minutes before that happened. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "No, wait a minute!" <laughs> because Larry's answer on that was uh... <laughs> <laughs> Larry's answer has been out of my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, we we had some fun. Go listen to the honor episode to kind of catch some of these things. Um, the, the, the the get the play one. Uh, I mean, listen to all of them, but to get what he's talking about, uh, go find that episode. Um, but no, uh, I mean, like that's that's kind of how I try and run these things. And when I create the NPCs for this, they're through the the main character creation. Um, though I will say, the big bad was created using the myth and legends. Oh, that would have been a lot of bonus points added in, yeah. and she already had spells and <laughs> champions, champions. Uh, third edition that the big blue book doctor yes. destroyer in champions has his regular point build he's built just like a player character and then he has a thousand point in a, a villain bonus what the heck is that <laughs> he's a big bad that's been doing this for a long time i will say this for those of you that are familiar with champions um if you if the difference between a regular honor character and the uh myths and legends one is not that much of a difference <laughs> as what happens with Doctor Destroyer. I promise you, it's not that big. Uh, but it, 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 it he earns his name. Yes, um, I completely forgot about that. But uh, I would say I, I wish a system like Champions did have a fast-paced NPC build. Oh, so much, yes. Um, because s- some of those universal Although, systems. If you play some of, I mean, if you read some of their like. Uh, Splat books. Yeah, they're corollary uh, rule books like the uh, Champions book. They have some uh, packages for different uh, character types, superhero types, which can it function in the same way. Yeah, yeah. No, the, there are some cool things. Um, I really liked the fantasy hero books because they had like some things that really made character creation go a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, I'll spend a lot of time cool recreating some of those, making new ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, good stuff. I honestly, I, I, I lost the book, and I'm really pissed off about this, but I loved having the Fantasy Age, sorry, not Fantasy Age, Fantasy Hero book from 3rd edition on the shelf, because it was one of the thickest they ever made, mm-hmm. and it was a good reference for how to run a game, period, for fantasy. Yeah, he um, likes thick, thick books. I do. Well, the Fantasy Hero books in particular, you know, most... Uh, fantasy books for universal systems, they will tell you, okay, this is how you how magic is supposed to work, because this is a fantasy world, and you need magic, okay? But Fantasy Hero doesn't do that. This is, Fantasy Hero goes, this is how you create a magic system. <laughs> well, um, to be fair, though, 3rd edition, I think, did it the best. They had, like, five different examples of five different styles of yeah. magic systems, and um, there was one in the book, and I forget what they called it, but it's kind of how I like to like add stuff to magic systems is um like how do you cast like i thought that was a really cool thing like um though i i I, one of the fantasy systems that i wrote um that will never see the light of day because of how (laughs) convoluted i now look at it and i'm like 
really. Um, but one of the options for casting was uh, ring magic, where depending on the rings that you're wearing and the way that you spin pieces on the rings, um, were God, how you... that is complicated. It sounds complicated, but it's actually... That part's not the complicated part. Somebody was watching Iron Man. <laughs> um, the Mandarin? Yeah. Uh, no, the idea was that uh, basically you would spin certain sections... Not spin, but you would move certain sections on your rings, and they would create sigils and spell circles for you. So you wouldn't have to do write them all down and everything like that. Um, the other one of the other types of castings is you have a card deck, and you flip out the cards that you need, and they've got all the sigils and everything written. And when you throw that card, all you have to do is say the incantation, and it manifests whatever's on the card. Cool. I just see a lot of having to remember to go pick up cards after combat. <laughs> uh, no, uh, like in uh, lots of anime, they use those paper glyphs oh yeah it sounds yeah. kind of like that but they get burned up in the spell so you know right yeah no that's actually what uh depending on the style of their uh, their seals yes. yeah um the system i wrote if you used elemental magic whatever you threw turned into that element uh-huh. so literally the card disappeared <laughs> otherwise um there was a spell that you had that returned the card to you oh that's cool um but if you of course throw it into fire it burns up and things <laughs> well, like that so yeah uh, keeping notes of which ones are gone which ones you need to redo <laughs> it's a lot of upkeep uh, <sighs> moon phase did you guys ever watch moon phase no what the uh, the older brother in Moonface uses that, and it's like the only magic in the entire thing, at least in the first season, and it's just really wicked awesome when he goes up against that of uh, 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 master vampire, because he's the vampire is using all these elemental spells and he's just got these things that he's throwing out. It's just, he's just like it's very cool. No, no, no. <laughs> I like having. A bunch of different NPCs for players to interact with mm-hmm. because it's almost like so did you ever play the old uh, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego computer game <laughs> I played the original where in the world is Carmen Sandiego computer game I haven't played one since so, <laughs> but I love the original one. it so, wasn't because I didn't like it <laughs> so you know you would go to a location right where you got your where you were, you know, are set on this adventure to find Carmen Sandiego. And you, had to, you must be on the right track. Yeah, and you have to talk to different people who are witnesses, yeah. right? And so it, it, you're doing kind of the same thing when you're making NPCs for a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. You're creating these witnesses that can either lead you in totally the wrong direction, mm-hmm. get you kind of close to where you need to be, or have the exact information that you need. And so having, like, different things that the players can interact with, as a player, it almost feels like you kind of have the flexibility to kind of do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. at that point without your GM being like, you're going this way. <laughs> yes, because leading by the nose is bad. <laughs> That's what they keep telling me. <laughs> you're going to go do this over here, okay? But I don't want... <laughs> this picture I saw on Tumblr, it was like this, you know, amazing story hook, awesome thing over here. And then it's like, NPC named Fred, he's a baker. And it's like, I'm going to go talk to him for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those Wind Waker videos where it's like, aren't you supposed to be headed to the castle? No, I'm going to do some more fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. 
NPCs. <laughs> right. Okay, real quick. Uh, most important element in NPCs. Oh, most important. Um, I would have to say a simplified version of what it is is plot point. Like, okay. NPCs need to be able to help the story progress. Hmm. So I would say a plot point, so to speak. Not, okay. Um, either their way to guide the players to a plot point, they themselves are the plot point. Hmm. Um, if an NPC holds up the story, they're a bad NPC. So I oh, think so that's that. a good I think that's a good yeah. element of them. Okay. I, I think that's probably the most important part of them, too. It's like, if they, if they don't add anything to what you're trying to accomplish with the story, with the players, then why are they there? Now, I will also say this. A good NPC should also make players feel like that's what they're going to do to the story. Even though they're going to progress it, mm -hmm. they should make the players second-guess themselves <laughs> if it's a that's bad NPC. That's because you play horror. No, 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 no. Oh, no. If, it's if, it's, if it's a bad NPC, if it's a villain or a negative character, they need to also... They, they cannot just feel like they're going to progress the story themselves. They need for the players to feel like taking that route is a bad idea. Nice. Um, and tickle the fact of, hey, there might be something over here, but really this NPC <laughs> seems kind of bad. And um, right. But when that NPC shows up again, and again, and again... Wait, yeah. they're the bad guy. No, it's actually his brother, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think that... <laughs> I fooled you! <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my twin brother, Steve. I think that they should be able to progress the story. <laughs> Steve? <laughs> my twin brothers! <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Like that, uh, like the, that cartoon that... No, no, no. Twins, the... Danny DeVito. Yeah. No, I know, but um, we were watching a show uh, for our daughter, and there's a crab that's about like oh, a little God. bit bigger there's than this, normal like, size. This teeny little crab, and then his like twin brother Philip is this like titanic creature, kaiju size crab, crab. and he's got this little itty bitty voice. Hey guys. <laughs> um, sorry, but back back to what I was trying to say, like. Um, I feel like a character needs to be able to progress the story, but not necessarily show that they're going to progress the story. Um, I feel like that's definitely a good thing about a character, that they need to be there to guide, not handhold. Well, also, I guess they're there to shape the environment, to give you a feel for the world, too. Yeah. But... I think a bad NPC is one that just offers nothing, and I think a bad game master that can't turn one of those NPCs into something. <laughs> and I know that's harsh to say, but... F find dwarven crafts! That's all they do. Like, I mean, I can get it if there's... if You should be able to take an NPC that's kind of nothing and kind of move things back. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I used to be really bad about it. Bad NPCs. Um, that was my bad. And uh, now I'm about the point where any NPC you interact with is going to be something. Like, they can offer more if you push them just the right way, so... Um, and if people get really attached to a random NPC for no reason, no, that NPC is going to be something now, like... That NPC is going to be murdered in front of you to progress the story. <laughs> I have never done that. Hmm. I've never done that. Never? Never. <laughs> I've never murdered an NPC simply to progress the story, unless it was already written so. I have never murdered an NPC that the players came to like that I felt was a nuisance. <laughs> what? I'm just thinking of the um, 
Warehouse 13 style game we were playing, we had those vampire NPCs that were awesome that just died. <laughs> no, they didn't just die. I guess you missed it. One of the other players screwed something up and let their location be known when they talked about how much secrecy needs to go into their location. It's not her fault she was a new player to anything. You could have had some leniency. I had leniency on her. I didn't have leniency on the two guys that did it. <laughs> well, my favorite characters died, and I'm super bitter about it still. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert if we ever like play that campaign again. <laughs> spoiler alert if we ever play that campaign again, they survived and made it out of there. They were like, they were like super dorky Nosferatu guys that were like really awkward, but like super sweet. Yeah. They'd like make tea and stuff and be like, you don't have to look at me if you don't want to. Sorry. And I'm just like, no, you're adorable. <laughs> so it was a it was a New World of Darkness campaign. It was the first time that we played New World of Darkness. Oh, yeah. The one player um, in question, we're sneaking into a building. She climbs in the window. Hello? Is anybody here? No, that's not what we're happened. Like, that's not that's not what alert that's not what alerted. No, 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 um, no. I know that's not that's not what led to, to their death. But this is just to give you some context of. How, how new, to how green she was to role-playing games in general. She hadn't even done video game role-playing games. Oh, wow. Um, no, no, no. What happened was the, the two, two of the male characters, because I think we had like six, seven people total for that campaign. Yeah, we had quite a few. Um, the, 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 the two of the male characters decided to set off a random artifact inside of uh, the warehouse. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, as you do. <laughs> And I was like, are you guys just going to leave it? They're like, yeah, the Nosferatu will find it. Okay. The thing is, is that it was tied to another organization that was trying to take down the warehouses, which is why they had to relocate to that warehouse in the first place. <laughs> Whoops. And so basically there, that one got burned. Yeah. And they were my favorite characters. To be fair, though... They were the only ones that tolerated my character. <laughs> Had we continued playing that campaign, you would have been able to find him at another location because they got out in time. Okay, cool. I was super mad, though. I was super salty. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's a, that's, a, that's a point of what happens when you have good NPCs. Yes. <laughs> they were freaking adorable. For those Which of you is a unaware, weird thing to say about an, about an Nosferatu. <laughs> Let alone a yes. pair of them. <laughs> yes. To, to make a point, if you've never uh, taken a look at it, the World of Darkness um, vampire stuff, Nosferatu devolve into ugly creatures uh, based on the vampire. Essentially, bloodline. like the Mark Shrek Nosferatu. Like yeah. they, they get real ugly. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter how beautiful you were in your previous life, you mm. are now one of the ugliest creatures ever. So. And, uh... Within canon for World of Darkness, a lot of times Nosferatu vampires are made because they were beautiful. Somebody be bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think... <laughs> when you have good NPCs that you know your players get attached to, it's always kind of fun because it's like they now have a connection to the world they're playing in, so they're Slightly less murder hobo-y sometimes, because now they have a connection. 
to what's going on around them. They have a reason to give a shit about the campaign. No. And see, that's what I would say is the most important thing about NPCs. It's not, it doesn't work for every NPC, but every NPC have to, has to have that distinctive feature that takes them out of all the other hordes of NPCs that you're going to throw at the player characters that makes them go, hey, remember that one NPC that, insert blank here. And that's what's going to make them memorable. That's what's going to keep the players connected to them. That's what I think is the most important thing about an NPC. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. No, that's- Once again, thank you so much for coming out and joining us. If you didn't enjoy the episode, let us know at therpghour at gmail.com. Hit us up at rpghour on Twitter. Please give us five stars so that we can reach more people. It helps us to... Are we going to continue plugging our Instagram? No, I haven't plugged it in forever. We're not gonna. <laughs> we like, don't want to hear about it on Instagram. <laughs> like, if you find our Insta- if you if you didn't like the episode, message us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, because my phone blows up a lot for Instagram, <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how to turn those settings off. Please don't message. Absolutely, message us on Instagram. <laughs> no, that goes to my personal phone. While I'm at work, I, I have an artist friend that I work with, and I get every time he posts up a new picture, I love his pictures, but when you're in the middle of talking to a customer and your phone starts going off... Please message us on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great day.